right, and we're back with another Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. Thank you so much for listening to all of our great programs. First off, we truly hope everyone out there is healthy, is safe, and once again, we want to pay tribute to all the great medical workers that are out there and all those who are risking their lives at this point in time to keep the rest of us healthy. And please, if you can stay at home, please stay at home. I'm not trying to get political, not trying to get anything like that, because, you know, we've had a tendency to veer off in that direction from now and then. But if you can stay home, please, we just truly ask you to stay home to try and see if we can beat this thing and beat this thing in the bud sooner rather than later. And here with me today, you know, on our usual Monday recording is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today on his medium.com website where he puts out some great articles on the Lakers. But also as well, if you're a Lakers fan, you cannot help but be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, always great to have you back on the program. It's a pleasure, Gerald. I'm looking forward to talking some Lakers today. We need that in the midst of everything that's going on to, to have some focus on things other than the pandemic and uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, get some talk about our beloved Lakers. Well, I'll tell you what, I am pleased to announce that not only will I have this conversation going up very shortly on the Lakers Fast Break channel, but I decided to go ahead and venture out because I love talking the NBA. And one of the things that we can start doing right now is focusing as fans a little bit on other things outside of when the season's going to come. And we'll talk about that on today's show. But one of the things I wanted to go ahead and focus in on was the NBA draft because players, you know, their seasons are over in college, the Euro leagues and, and whatnot as well. And a lot of them are filing or putting their, their names in the hat when it comes to the NBA draft. And I've got lined up for everyone out there, for all those Laker Fast Break listeners, some great things to come up with. So we've got some friends out there that are into the NBA, not necessarily the Lakers, but into the NBA. I've got great guests coming up. First off, Michael Weisenberg. Just had an interview with him, so I'll be posting that up later this week. He did a great job as far as coming on. He just focused a lot on the NBA draft, and I cannot thank him enough for taking the time to do so. Rafael Barlow was also a tremendous guest, NBA draft junkies. In fact, he and I are thinking about doing one again real soon. It worked off so well last time. So cannot thank him enough for spending the time with me because he's in the midst of doing a lot of videos for his YouTube page, NBA draft junkies, plus also NBA draft junkies.com. And I've also got one scheduled with stone Hansen at DraftSite.com. So I'm looking forward to going ahead and speaking out with these guys on the NBA draft, not only for who's at the top, maybe some sleepers, things of that nature, but I'm going to sneak in some Laker-centric questions as well as far as who, if the Lakers pick, you know, because Laker Thomas convinced they're going to trade it anyways as soon as they draft it. Even though they can't trade the pick right away, they can trade it once they make the pick because the Sepsian rule. I still, if the Lakers keep it, who would they be interested in and what would they be going for at the backhand draft? That's that's going to sneak in from time to time as well. So if you get a chance and you're really into the NBA and NBA drafts, you got a friend that, that wants to listen to it too, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast coming up. You'll be glad you did. 
But Laker Tom, we've got a great announcement that I think a lot of people heard over the weekend. Kind of lifted the spirits of Laker fans everywhere in this dark time. And that was the announcement, which we all knew was coming, but it's just great to hear it anyways, of Kobe Bryant being inducted into the Hall of Fame as far as being officially announced as whenever they have the ceremony and whatnot. But he was officially announced along with Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Rudy Tomjanovich, Baylor coach Kim Mulkey, and others. Just a great honor, obviously something that was very much due. Unfortunate that Kobe will not be there to be presented with that honor. But again, you know, something that is just a testament to his career, a testament to his greatness as a Hall of Famer. Yeah, it was really a bright light in, in the midst of all of the dark lights that we're suffering in over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, it, it's everybody gave everybody a chance to chime in once again and, and say how much they appreciated Kobe's greatness and uh, what an honor it is for him to be included in the Hall of Fame. It's a shame that they had to include a Celtic along with him. But, you know, you can't you can't deny that Kevin Garnett was also a great player. Be uh, nice now. He also was a Minnesota Timberwolf. Yes, that's true. That's true. There's touching moments of thinking about, you know, what Kobe would have said. And and uh, the one thing is, that's the one thing that you, maybe you call it a silver lining. He doesn't have to wait five years to be able to be voted in. And uh, yeah, I don't have a doubt that uh, I didn't see any results, but it had to be a unanimous vote. I think it would have been, had he been alive, his first year eligible. Anyways, it's been that long since it, huh? I think so. What is it? Is there a five-year limit on the Naismith? Five-year limit, yeah. Once you retire. My God, it's been five years since Kobe retired. I believe so. Uh, three years. I, I thought it was like three, but no. every time I every time I say that, my wife comes back and tells me it's been ten years or or some no, longer period than no, I think. No, no, it's not been three years. No, 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 no. It's. I wish I wish we could say it happened that, but yeah, it's it was you know it it was just something that. What year know, did Kobe retire? He, was it twenty sixteen? Yeah, I think it's twenty sixteen. Yeah. I'm looking that up right now. Well, well deserved that they they voted him in and, and yeah, absolutely. It's going to be great. I haven't heard when they're going to have the ceremony. Have they announced that, or is that? No, I think it's all up in the air right now. The air so. because, of the, because of the pandemic. Yeah, but it, it just is great honor. I agree with you 100%. But as far as the Celtic is concerned, even if it, he had to wait another year, he would have been inducted with Paul Pierce. So, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's just going to be either or, you know. And this is probably the, one of the greatest classes along with Tim yeah, Duncan and pretty good guys in that list. Yeah. And that's something I wanted to ask you because obviously Kobe Bryant, his, his reputation is his career speaks for itself. Kevin Garnett, he was such a dominant force in, in Minnesota and as Boston, he was a key piece of that as well. Wasn't quite as dominant as a Boston Celtic because he was mixed in with such great talent there. Right. So he couldn't be as integral as far as, you know, out, you know, he couldn't be out there. He was still an all-star. He was still performing at that type of level, but it wasn't in Minnesota where he was totally dominating the ball. When it comes to Tim Duncan, however, people are, you know, obviously him getting in, his, his number of championships, his greatness is not questioned. But again, the question comes about with him. 
is he the greatest power forward of all time? Hmm. I think most people would probably put him up there. Uh, uh, people, most people are. You know, I. I, I the just, problem is, is that did he really play power forward? Or was he really the center on that team? Yeah, yeah. Especially with David Robinson retired. Right. I'd have to say that he probably is, just simply because of of all of those great uh, teams that he was on. But but like every superstar, including Kobe, you know, it, you can't win it all by yourself. You know, you have to you have to have another superstar with you, another player who's really who plays up at that level. And, and um, the guys on the Spurs that, that surrounded Timmy for all of those years were, were some of the most clutch players. Maybe some of them weren't superstars, but, but uh, boy, they, they were guys who came up big in the big moments. Um, and then you got to give, you got to give pops credit for, for doing a great job of coaching that team. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's funny, I guess the, he may avoid the asterisk, of not making the playoffs this year just because of the coronavirus situation. Maybe they'll get a chance next year to keep the streak going. And maybe, I, I maybe indeed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, with him, I think it's the fact that he's just not a very exciting player. I think that's what gets a lot of people. I know that's what gets me sometimes because mm -hmm. if you ask me for power forward of all time, best one, I'd probably say if you, you know, you, you had to force me to maybe Carl Malone, but Tim Duncan as a fundamentally sound, because that's why he or was Kevin Garnett or Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett. Uh, you know, I would have said yes as well. I think at the end of his Larry career, Bird. Larry Bird, he was, was he considered a power forward? Was he considered a small yeah. forward? He had the body. I guess, of power he, I guess he, he'd probably be considered a small forward. Same thing with LeBron. LeBron. Right. Yeah. Six, six, nine, two eighty, And he's I mean, harder when the positionless basketball of the day to yeah. those so. judgments. I think it's it's a funny thing how personality really does fit a lot to what the great players are. And I think, Tim, a lot of people, it's almost like these guys got to honk their own horn in the modern NBA in order to, to really get the adulation and attention that they think they deserve. Guys like Kareem were very quiet, you know, and not the type of guy who was going out there you know, touting himself all the time, as opposed to maybe somebody like Wilt, who was constantly said, I'm the best that there is, period. Or Shaq, you know, who had that same type of attitude. You get guys like Duncan and uh, even Elijah Wan and, and uh, players that, that kind of kind of let their game speak for themselves rather than their mouth, sort of old school in that sense that, you know, they're not going not gonna to be talking all the time about how much good they are and and generally, they'd they prefer to be in the background. Kawhi Leonard's probably the modern version of that same type of player who's just not the outgoing, you know, guy. He's not He's not going to be out there trash-talking everybody and, and being Larry Bird and, and so forth. So you have to give a lot of respect to guys who are able to do that. Um, I've always respected them, even though, even though some of them have been on other teams, you know, that uh, – you respect a guy who's able to to keep his cool out of the court and not go out there and be so brash. There have been a lot of great Lakers who've uh, have had that sort of quiet approach also. You know, uh, uh, Wilkes was a, another player that I thought was a, was a great guy who just really played the game well and kept his mouth shut. He never was a, one of those outspoken players. And Timmy Duncan basically, you know, uh, just fundamentally sound and, and – uh, played for so many years at such a high level, 
you have to he'd have to be in any conversation about who's the greatest power forward in the league. That's true, but again, I, I might lean towards Carl Malone. You really can't go wrong. Carl Malone, mm-hmm. Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, the big fundamental. You well, really Carl, can't. Go wrong. Carl had had a good last year, rather than getting injured on the Lakers, that might have pushed him over the top. Yeah, with that, and that would they would have won the championship. I have a feeling, oh, uh, yeah. if, you know, anywhere near full strength. But I can't well, say. And of course, the championships go. You know, I mean, the same thing with and Magic and uh, Kareem. Hadn't hadn't hurt that Achilles. Hadn't hurt his hamstring that one year that we both he and uh, Byron both had hamstring injuries. We lost that series too. You can just go down the line and look at all of the various times in history when when an injury, even just as recently as the last championship that was won, you know, injuries play such a huge part of it. Not even injuries in the in the season, but injuries in the playoffs themselves. So it's, it's it's become part of the game and, you know, part of the argument of why we have too long of a season. Yes, uh, but, you know, if you want to go ahead and check out our thoughts on the too long of a season part, they can go ahead and check out one of our previous podcasts where we went back and forth on that subject and uh, in great detail. So they get a chance. To please check out some of our back episodes. You have the time, so please, I recommend that you do. You hear some great conversation. And one of the subjects that we touched upon was should the length of the season stay at 82 games. So I hope everybody gets a chance to check out our back catalog while they're while they're here listening to us. And if you do, I cannot thank you enough for doing so right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's a great way to use some of that extra time that we all have on our hands, you know. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, once again, I'm on with Tom Wong. You know him as Laker Tom from Lakerholics.net. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. All right, my friend, we're going to get into your list. Just some of the lists that you sent over for today's discussion. Just because you went crazy. Because uh, you were going coronavirus crazy, that's for sure. But Well, I was trying to get out, out from underneath the coronavirus cloud and and really started getting back into talking about the Lakers. Um, yes. even, though they're, even though we don't know whether the season is going to complete, I think, as you said, Gerald, there's a lot of subjects all of a sudden that seem to pop up and things that I think are worth talking about, especially for Lakers uh, fans. Especially, and one of those things indeed is the prospects for the NBA resuming the season. I mean, it's still quite a bit up in the air. I know our president, had a conversation with the sports leagues over the weekend about trying to get them all motivated to say, Hey, we're with you guys can go ahead at some point in time this year to go ahead and start your seasons. And I know the NBA has talked about it back and forth. Uh, I wanted to get into this with you because I live in Las Vegas and that is one of the two proposed sites, the Bahamas being the other one 
prominently mentioned in that one that's just crazy to me but okay i think the isolation part i understand I, 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 a little bit about that's why but when it concern logistics when it concerns the number of hotel rooms the accommodations plus what is important here is the number of arenas you can run simultaneously with games all over the place and that's something that las vegas has and that I don't think anybody else really has is a number of arenas that are within close proximity. Now, get this, my friend. I don't know when was the last time you popped into Vegas, but if you pop into Vegas right now, especially during, well, when it was available, conference tournament time, you literally can go and land at the Las Vegas McCarran Airport, drive up less than half a mile, and you're at the Thomas and Mac Arena. You drive another two blocks, three blocks, you're at Las Vegas Boulevard. You look right, you've got the MGM Grand Garden Arena. You look a little bit across the street, you've got the T-Mobile Arena. You go to the left, you look, right down there is the Mandalay Bay. And one mile up, if you just go straight, is the Orleans Arena. And all of them have hosted basketball games in recent past. And most of them were scheduled to go ahead and hold some type of tournaments, whether it was the Pac-12, whether it was the Big West, whether it was the the you know the WAC, whether it was the, in the Mountain West. All of them were scheduled to hold tournaments of some type, so they can all hold NBA games. So if we can get all 30 teams here, or all the teams in the NBA here, and collectively you know say, hey, we need to go ahead and get you here. I know for the teams that are having losing seasons, terrible seasons, it's going to be harder to motivate them. But I think the motivation here should be money because the thing is, as I've said on a couple podcasts now, uh, you know, as I heard recently from Mark Stein when he was on the Chad Ford podcast, these teams have to hit 70. And the reason why they have to hit 70 games is so that they do, the, at the league itself and the owners don't pay back money to the regional networks. You know, for man sort of familiar with the Lakers channel went up, but we're talking about all the Fox sports regional networks and things of that nature. You, if you don't hit 70 games, they have to pay a chunk of money back. That reduces the salary cap even more. There's salary cap implications to all this. So it is in the player's monetary incentive to go ahead and at least get to 70 games, which I think for most would be about five games. So five game, six game completion to get to 70 games for everybody, I think would be really neat. And then you get into a truncated playoff season, but we'll, we'll focus in on the playoffs here in a sec. But what are the prospects for you as far as NBA resuming the season? And do you think that's feasible that they could do something like that here in Las Vegas? I think that the intent has always been that to resume the season. I don't think anybody wanted to see the season canceled, and and it's still it's still up in the air. I think just because we don't really know what's going to happen with the coronavirus situation, um, there are some good signs that we may be plateauing in New York, and and we're seeing some signs in overseas that uh, some of the countries have gone past the apex of the of the uh, of the virus, and so hopefully you know we'll see some progress going. There's also talk that there may be some seasonality to to it, and uh, we may have to reconfront it in the in the fall. But we may get a, a little break as as the weather gets warmer. I think that it's probably too early to say that 
that the NBA to make a decision on it, but I think that they're pro- they're going to prolong the decision as long as possible. And I tend to agree 100% with you that if they're going to choose a venue, Vegas is the logical choice just because of, of the availability of the arenas, uh, the ability to, to have not only in the arenas, but also the teams could could basically have enough capacity. There's enough capacity there for the players and for their families probably to get in there. I You don't find that many places. So Vegas is the logical choice. And I think if something happens, it's going to be there. I think as I indicated, Tom, as I indicated, you could literally have five games going on yep. at the same time. And, yeah, and I think you, gotta directly, do that. you have to have on, again, all directly within a two mile radius of yep. each other. Yeah. The key, the key thing obviously is going to be the safety of the players. And then I think the second most important thing, Windhurst had a, had a tweet today about that same thing. That it's testing, man. Testing is going to be the key to this. A combination of testing to show that everybody who's going to appear in that game is, is virus free. And then secondly, uh, hopefully, you know, uh, testing to be able to confirm which players and which people are are developed immunity, they have antibodies to the, to the virus. And, and therefore, you know, if, if we can get more of those, the more of those people that we have, the more likely we're going to come back. There is a question that is, can the NBA go out there and test all of these people? Because we're talking about 30 teams from 25 or 30 people. You're talking about a thousand people and a thousand tests that some jurisdictions are desperate to have tests for. And so there's a social element there and a decision as to what you do. So in many ways, no matter what the NBA wants to do, it's still tied to the situation that it has to be the right climate socially and politically for them to be able to resume the season. You can't be like some people would accuse Donald Trump of wanting to start things earlier for specific selfish reasons, you know. Uh, you, it's like Dr. Fauci says, the, the virus is going to determine when we can go back to work, when we can go back to resuming sports and so forth. It's not something that you can proclaim and declare as head of the NBA or as president of the United States that, that you're going to do it on this day or that. The virus is going to determine what happens. There's a question, too, of how long, you, how long can you keep people in isolation? You know, it's, it's a difficult decision, but I'm thinking right now that it's, to me, it's probably 50-50, and, uh, and I've got my fingers crossed uh, because if the NBA does is able to resume the season, I think it means that we've done a pretty good job of maybe getting ahead of the virus at last. I know social distancing in the Bay Area has started to show some very strong signs. My wife and I are hunkered down in our house uh, we live on Instacart and DoorDash and, uh, you know, everything, you know, we, we visit the, uh, our, na- our kids live next door to us. And so we basically just see them through the sliding glass door and via, you know, via FaceTalk. And so it's, it's one of those situations where you want to, you want to keep safe. And I think that that's the top priority the NBA is going to have, which is the safety of the players and, and whether or not the climate is right for them to actually resume sports at this point in time, which would be late June. So I think we have a good chance at it. And the good news is that that chance would actually probably mean that that America itself was in in getting getting ahead of the virus and and perhaps looking at 
some people going back to work and some things returning to semi-normal. We're not going to see fans in the stands. I think we all agree on that. Uh, that just that's just like a pipe dream at this point in time. But you but, might see some somebody just like sneaking around, you know, <laughs> that's wearing a Los Angeles Lakers hat or something that you might. Yeah, that I, I'm there on Vegas, official huh? business. Official business. Official yeah. business. Yes, yes. Official. Business. I, I, I like the idea of each team being able to have four or five Avatar fans in the stands. You know, we could have Jack and Flea and a couple of others there just to just to root us on. You know. Hey, you know what? Even if it means I'm at the nosebleeder seat in the Orleans arena <laughs> to watch any NBA action live, I'd do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Well, you know, you see yeah, how that's but, but I would keep social distancing. But I would keep yeah. social distancing. Proper social distancing. I've I've heard that I've heard that proposal too to to take about a third of the seats and spread everybody else all out and so forth and, and allow that to happen. Um I would prefer it actually be a wholly empty arena minus one person. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that would be fine too. But I, uh, I can tell my grandkids I had a whole NBA game all to myself. Yeah, and I'm sure security is going to be very tight on trying to make sure that a lot of guys out there would love to be that fly on the wall. Yeah, I'm hiding behind seat number 234, but if I look real close and keep my head down, I might be able to call the game one, you know, live, live play by play. You know, in Las Vegas, it's not what you know, it's who you know. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'd be nice to have Chick call a game from heaven, man. <laughs> uh, well, yes, indeed. But, yes, don't ask him, though. One of the things I, and I was listening back to, like you were, all the simulcasts of that. Mm-hmm. The best that there was is calling the play-by-play. But just don't ask him, and Stu would probably tell you, just don't ask him during that period of time to call any of the foreign players' names because those were always hard. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he would always give them nicknames because he would try to say their names first. That would be a difficult time for for chicken today's game, man. Yeah. With as many names that we got out there, he he would he would give them all different nicknames Yana, because he tried their names first. A lot of problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so those were some fond memories. But there was nobody better at calling the action, especially if you're listening on radio. Just just truly, uh, you know. Just you know, I'm tired. Game. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of replay games. I even watched a little bit of the um, of the NBA uh, 2K uh, games. Oh, there you go. At least where you can hear the smack talk, and that's what. Yeah, you can hear the smack time. talk. I watched. I watched Boogie's game against uh, uh, somebody. I can't even remember who it was. But that was where, where he called Caruso the greatest of all time. Oh yeah, yeah. right. Where he called Caruso the goat. <laughs> yes, this is what we've come down to: is the 2K yeah. competition, but. That's something I probably will cover upcoming here on on one of my pop culture shows that I got for the pop culture cosmos. But I will tell you right now, I got pretty good in some of those games. Yeah, well, it's it's something that they've had to go ahead and address is the the virtual aspect of it. Everybody right. going ahead and playing two K um, i racing, which is a series that, as far as for computer racing, NASCAR and also IndyCar have now embraced it wholeheartedly. They were kind of like doing a little bit of that beforehand. Mm-hmm. But once the coronavirus hits, obviously they had to go ahead and have their drivers, a lot of their drivers go ahead and interact in that fashion with each other and also the fans so they could still connect. Uh, Formula One does something similar as well. So you're seeing a lot of these leagues going ahead. And uh, I believe also playing soccer as well, those mm-hmm. from the Euro Leagues and all that, they're uh, starting to get into it as far as what's going on with uh, with soccer and all that. But 
Yeah, it's just something that they're trying to go ahead and get into to pass the time. Is you know these players. Well, we have the NBA, horse tournament, NBA players. Horse tournament coming up, man. Yes, that, that's something we'll we'll talk about here in a sec. The horse tournament. Okay, well, yeah, that's going to be something. Can we come up here in a sec? But I just want to finish that. Yeah, these players, the clubs used to be somewhere that they used to go to after the game all the time. The clubs, parting, 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 and used to hear the stories of, of how these, these players used to go ahead and, and uh, frequent the clubs and, and have that party life. Yeah, some still do, but most at, at this point in time in their careers have been taking their PlayStations and their Xboxes with them wherever they go on the road and be playing games, video games instead. And to me, that shows right now with the 2K games and, and what's going on is that there's a new focus in, in what the players are doing little bit more responsible and what for the most part and they're not choosing to make the same or many of the same mistakes their predecessors did as far mm -hmm. as how they carry themselves out after the game is done so i think that's something that is a positive and we're seeing it right now in action and a lot of those efforts right now on the video game scene are taking place right now in the 2k tournament so if you get a chance and you're interested in hearing some smack talk which is the best part of it check out the nba 2k tournament today just to get a little bit of fresh live action, even though it is in a virtual sense. But right. I will say, you know, we're trying to do what we can to basically just try to go ahead and pass Easy the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I mean, whether it's watching a replay of an old game, I don't know how many more times I can watch the 2010 game seven series and win for the Lakers. It was a very ugly game, but I love that fourth quarter, but yes, there's, there's so many great memories I've been catching up on. I know you have been too. And uh, again, it's something that we need to do to pass time because you, we do need to stay home. We do need to go ahead and try and beat this thing. And we need to try to do what we can collectively as a society to go ahead and try to do what we can to beat this coronavirus. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Well, my friend, still got you on for another half hour. And we'll talk about horse before the end of this episode. But we'll talk about horse and whether or not it's horse blank or something else coming up later in the broadcast but i want to talk about now about if the season gets canceled and this is something you wanted to touch upon two things when it comes to canceling the, the, the season and that is if the season were to be canceled we just couldn't continue the coronavirus does take hold for too long a period of time and it's just not feasible to continue the season how would canceling the season impact the los angeles lakers well, I think I, I wrote an article about the same thing a while back, and I think that it's going to be obviously very disappointing, especially for LeBron, that in his 17th year playing at a level that you can't believe, an MVP level in my opinion, he gets deprived of getting a chance to win a championship. And I'm sure that Frank Vogel, Anthony Davis, and all of the Lakers are, are going to going to feel like they got cheated to a certain extent and uh, and how much they feel cheated is probably going to depend upon how bad the rest of the country did nobody's going to be crying and about missing out on a championship if we lose 
100,000 people like everybody's talking about. But I think that the, the one thing that still sits out in is that I think the Lakers are still going to be very well positioned next year. And you got to figure, I mean, maybe it won't happen, but you got to figure that LeBron has got to slip a little. He cannot have an 18th season playing as well as he's played in this 17th season. Although a whole nother summer off, just like he did last year, was the reason why he was so great in his 17th season. So it's not entirely possible that he could come back and be just as good in his 18th season. LeBron's been one of those miracle workers in the sense that he's able to, with his intelligence and his savvy and smart play, has been able to make up for what slight differences he shows in his physicality. But the Lakers have several things going for them as they as they head into summer that they they didn't have during the year in order to make improvements. And I think was a, these were the main reasons why they never made any deals that they they had because they just didn't have the assets in which to get somebody to help them. To start with, I think the whole question of uh, Anthony Davis is going to be easily resolved. He's not going to go to any other team at this point in time. He's going to stay with the Lakers. So I think that slight risk that was always out there that AD might have a disappointing season and the Lakers might have a disappointing season and he might sign in with somebody else as a free agent. I think that that's gone. He's likely to sign some kind of a deal to get him from two more years uh, with the Lakers so that he can then uh, qualify, you know, for the Supermax contract. I think also that the Lakers will have a draft pick. As you said earlier, you know, they won't be able to trade that pick until formally until the day of the draft, but they'll have a first-round pick that they can trade, and that's something that really held them back this year. In addition to that, they'll have $20 million in, I'm assuming that uh, that uh, JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo, and uh, KCP, and uh, Avery Bradley will exercise their players' options to stay with the Lakers and continue to make the same salary they did last year. Uh, especially considering that the salary cap is going to drop. There are going to be fewer teams with any cap space. Uh, and a lot of those teams' cap space is going to get eaten up by other players with player options who also don't want to take the risk of, of going into what's going to be a uh, not a great free agent market. So the Lakers will have $20 million in tradable contracts, uh, uh, guys that they couldn't trade last year for the most part simply because uh, they had just signed them to new contracts, and you're not allowed to for the first six months to trade somebody in that situation. So that $20 million uh, plus Kyle Kuzma probably and a first-round pick are what I think are the trading chips that the Lakers will have as they head into the summer to make a deal. And they still have the same needs that they had before. Uh, they need a second playmaker. They need a third scorer, and they need uh, you know an elite wing defender. They're not going to be able to find one player who can fit all of those, but they can probably find several players out there that they could get with that $20 million in, in Kuzma uh, and the draft pick in order to improve the team. Uh, then they'll also have, uh, since they're a taxpaying team, they'll have the full $9.6 million, or it could be reduced to down to $9 million by the time we get the salary cap resolved. But they'll at least have a $9 million exception uh, the full MLE exception that they'll be able to use to sign a free agent. And then lastly, uh, and I still think this is the case, even though there have been stories out that saying that the Lakers are more likely to sign Dwight Howard than they were uh, DeMarcus Cousins. 
I definitely still think that DeMarcus Cousins is going to be the starting center for the Lakers next year. So I think that there's a lot of things to say that the Lakers are going to be in an even better team than they were this year, next year. And the one caveat, obviously, is how long can LeBron James continue to defy father time? I agree with you. It all depends on LeBron James, as it always has seemingly. Yep. <laughs> He's for the past 17 years or so. So We'll be saying this in his 20th year, I have a prediction. Yeah. Uh, and then also the development of Anthony Davis. Can he yes. play at that MVP level? He's right there on the cusp of it. But can he do it consistently is something that I think a lot of the Lakers fans would like to see as well because as LeBron's game, I'm going to say this in a very loose determination meaning, deteriorates and you know by his determination of deteriorating as opposed to the normal human beings. Right. Like, for instance, myself, deteriorating as we speak right here on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. But his play deteriorating in an 18th year because how much longer can we expect him to play at that level? He'll still be at a great level, I'm assuming, in the 18th year, but you don't know exactly to what extent. So we'll have to wait and see. It's up to AD, who will only be 20, what, 27, 28, 27, I think, at that point. Yeah, he, he's going to be in the prime of his career, so he needs to step up even more consistently to help out LeBron so LeBron can stay fresh for a playoff run. I think that would probably work well. Plus, like you said, filling some of those gaps, you're going to be limited on what you can do, and you have limited assets. I've spoken about many times here on the show as far as the limited number of assets, but you're going to have some assets that are available to go ahead and trade and also a limited cap amount. But then again, we don't know how much of a cap amount because right. of the fact that, again, it leads to the 70 games. How much do you have to pay back to regional yeah. networks if you do? It's doubtful probably that we're going to have any cap space other than our MLE to, to really work with. Yeah, I mean, because the, the salary cap as a whole could just plummet because of what's going on this year. Nine million would be like 12 million this year. Well, it could be more, even more than that. It could be even more than that because it all started with Daryl Morey's comments yeah. about China. Uh, you lost that market for a great deal of time. And then, you know, what's obviously gone on with coronavirus and the ratings overall beforehand for the NBA were down. So, yeah, it, I mean, when you look back upon it, as history will look back upon it, it's not going to be a... Uh, you know, a great year. It could, you know, even if it means a championship for the Lakers, yeah. let's say they win the championship, it will still not be looked at by NBA fans and NBA historians as a good year for the NBA. In fact, it will probably be considered one of the worst years ever on record. It's going to be the same way it's going to be considered for the stock market and unemployment and, and the world as a whole. There, There is one little silver lining should the season get canceled that nobody's talked about yet. And that's how the draft is going to be handled. Because you can't turn around and tell me that at this point in time that if the teams that were all in the playoffs don't get a chance to play at all, that they should then be penalized by not being able to be given a fair chance in a lottery. And to me, it seems to be that they, and there, I've read a couple articles where there have been proposals that the lottery be told thrown into it just the 30 team lottery 
with everybody given an equal chance at getting the top pick, second pick, third pick, and so forth. There would be so much outrage if the Lakers or the Bucks won the lottery. That would just be so much outrage. <laughs> yeah, but there's an element of fairness. You cannot say that all of these teams, I mean, these teams, playoff teams not only lost their chance at all of the playoff revenue and so forth, but then to keep them out of the lottery would, I, you, you have to develop some something. It may still be a weighted lottery, but I tend to think that there is not going to be the same rules applied. You can't apply the same rules to the lottery this year. So it'd be interesting to see who the Lakers might end up with. That's that's an add a little pleasure to your uh, draft podcast coming up. I think that there's a good chance that maybe the Lakers shouldn't be just looking at the guys in the 20s. You know, there's a good chance that they might end up with a draft in, in the teens. It's only fair. You got to keep things in mind. There's going to be 30 teams that are going to be making that decision. If somebody out there is not a Lakers fan that's listening to us, that would, they're just probably they're gritting their teeth at this point in time at the hey, very prospect of that. We probably lose a championship if they cancel the season. We were probably the favorite. We are, according to Vegas odds, the favorites to win that championship. So you can that's something that I would trade off. Honestly, we don't have a chance to get anybody in the top five or six picks. Yeah. It's just something I wouldn't trade off. I would I would take the championship or at least oh, yeah, the of course I take the championship. I I take the shot at the championship. That's what I'm saying too as well. Take the, the shot at the championship for sure over over a lottery pick uh a thirty to one lottery pick chance. But by the same token as if if the season is canceled, I I think the NBA has to relook at what happens with the draft this year. Well, one thing I want to talk to you about before we head to the break is again on canceling the season. And that is not only we, that we talked about is canceling the season, how it would impact the Lakers. How would it impact the decision-making for Giannis Antetokounmpo? Because he's not going to be a free agent this offseason, but he would be in the next one. And there's a lot of speculation on where he might go. Would he stay with Milwaukee? He says he's very happy in Milwaukee. Where a lot, you know, ninety nine percent of the time, they all say they're happy where they're at. But yep. how would canceling the season impact Giannis's decision to maybe stay or maybe go in free agency come next calendar year? I yeah, I, I I think the one thing that's going to happen, have the season if the season doesn't get canceled and we finish out the year, and the Bucks win the championship, then I think there's a good chance that Giannis would resign and take the Supermax and stay in Milwaukee. If we finish the season and the Lakers win a championship and Giannis makes the finals, I think there's still a chance that he would probably resign with Milwaukee. But if the season gets canceled and he doesn't have a chance to win a championship or make the finals this year, my opinion is that he will want to wait and make his decision the summer of 2020 21. And that's puts a huge onus on Milwaukee to make a decision as to what they want to do. Because had he decided not to, had he declined the Supermax and went through the playoffs and declined the Supermax and said, okay, I'm going to make a decision at the end of next year. 
I think that almost puts the Bucks that puts the Bucks behind the eight ball because they can get a load for him that nobody else has gotten. If you thought the price for Anthony Davis was a lot, then imagine what Milwaukee can get from some team out there to sign Giannis. And then there's also then the question of does Giannis turn around and use his leverage like Anthony Davis did to direct himself somewhere. So I think it's it's really important for the Bucks more so than any other team that they make that the season is not canceled and that they get a chance to play and go through because I think that they have a good chance of making the finals and possibly winning a championship. And when they do that, I think the Giannis is going to stay for sure. If he doesn't, I don't think there's any way he's going to sign a super max this summer. And that means that everything gets pushed off till 2021. And then if he's got to go to 2021, then, then it all comes down to, you know, is he going to replicate eighties play and try to push for going to a, cha- a team where he can win a championship. And that's the big question because who can, what teams could trade for him and still have enough left over in order to compete for a championship? And would he actually say that he's only going to limit his list to a few teams? Um, so I think this is a, this decision as to whether the league resumes play or cancels a season is going to have a huge impact on Giannis's decision and on the future of the Milwaukee Bucks. And also many of the other NBA teams and how they're going to go ahead and proceed. Will they go ahead and keep their salary cap open or at least a slot open? Are they going to talk about keeping assets to maybe try to do a sign and trade if Giannis is interested in going to their team? And all those different variables we'll know a little bit more of come this time next calendar year. But right now, it's very interesting, along with all the other questions a lot of people have because of the layoff and because of what we're doing right, right now with the NBA season and how that's in flux and how that's right now a question on whether or not at this point in time, if the season will get canceled or not. So, yes, definitely some great insight there from you, Laker Tom, and I, I cannot thank you enough for commenting on that. Hi, this is Mr. Holiday from the podcast, My Worst Holiday, and you're listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Voice from the underground. But one thing I wanted to go ahead and ask you is who will the Lakers starting center be next season? So I want to get your thoughts on that. Let's say they keep all three. Let's say they retain all three and Marcus does get re-signed back into the fold and Dwight Howard gets re-signed back into the fold and JaVale McGee gets re-signed back into the fold and you have three seven-footers walking around, which would please Anthony Davis to no end because that would mean even less time for him to play center, which he actually mm-hmm. should be playing, but I really don't want to go into that because that's another argument for another day. But I don't think anybody would really argue with me when it comes to NBA experts because we all know 
Anthony Davis is probably best at the five spot. Yep. But be that as it may, let's say you have the choice between all three and you sign all three, or maybe you don't or what have you. But I, th- I think JaVale is going to pick up his, his option. So I think that's pretty much assured because most players in this time are going to pick up their option. It's in yep. their best interest. So who will be the Lakers starting center next season? You know, it, there's one other thing that factor in here, Gerald, and that is that we saw during the last few games of the season and increasingly after the all-star break that not only did Anthony Davis play more minutes at the five, but we also saw Markeith Morris play a lot of minutes at the five. And you saw the Lakers basically play almost, you know, 40% of the games after the, and especially when we got in those two games against the Bucks and against the uh, Clippers, we were playing very close to 50% with, with a three-point shooter basically playing the five. So this is why I don't agree with the various comments that were made that Dwight Howard was more likely to be kept than Boogie Cousins. Now, when you talk about Boogie, I think you have to first make the statement that a lot of this depends on how he comes back. You know, what kind of player is he? Uh, does he has he got some lift? Because if he doesn't have lift and he and he's more like the guy that we saw for parts of the playoffs when he played with the uh, Warriors, uh, that's that's going to be a tough situation. Then I think that you may have some questions as to whether the Lakers would bring him back. But the Lakers have invested an entire year and, and have turned down many opportunities to trade for him before they ended up waiving him because he's the perfect fit next to Anthony Davis. That last year, half a year before he got injured, he was playing the stretch five. He wasn't the, he wasn't the bang down low center that, that kept Anthony Davis from playing down on the outside. Instead, he was the guy who was basically creating space for Anthony Davis to attack the rim um, because he was shooting on pace to shoot over 300 threes the year and only one center has ever done that and that was brooke lopez the year before this year where lopez shot over 300 threes at 34 percent boogie was shooting at almost 36 percent and was on pace to shoot 300 threes and that's the spacing that lebron james and anthony davis desperately need on the lakers and so even though we've had tremendous success being big all year long with the combination of mcgee and howard and I don't think the Lakers are ready to abandon that, but I also think that you'll see the same thing happen next season, that we'll go through against a lot of teams and just overpower them with our size. But when we get up against the elite teams, the the, South, the uh, Celtics, the Clippers, the Bucks, uh, the Raptors, those are the teams where basically you need a lot more than just big size inside. You, those are teams that are going to stack the, they're going to pound up the middle, they're going to clog up the lane. They're going to dare us to shoot three-point shots. And they're going to double-team our, our superstars every chance they get. And what you need to beat those teams is you need somebody who can stretch the floor and, and spread the defense. And Boogie hopefully will recover well enough to do that. I think that he's the logical choice for the Lakers to do that. I'm hoping that his recovery is going well. Um, he Up until the coronavirus thing, he even though he was waived, he had still got permission from the league to work out with the Lakers. 
you can see the comments that the guy loves the Lakers. And I, I think he's going to repay that loyalty by doing a good contract for the Lakers. It may not be the, the two or three year deal that I was hoping for before that would, might get us bird rights with him. But I definitely think he's going to want to stay there and he's going to be the perfect fit. He's one of the reasons why Anthony Davis wanted him on the team, you know, and it was such an important factor in keeping him. So I fully expect that uh, Boogie still will be the starting center for the Lakers next year. And one of the big reasons they'll have a dramatically improved lineup. Before we head on out, got two things we want to talk about. One of which is obviously what's going on at Lakerholics.net. So I guess before we hit on the last subject, what is going on with all the great things at Lakerholics.net plus your great columns at medium.com? It's been pretty volatile times at Lakerholics.net because of, because of the nature of what's happening. I sort of let go of the rule that we've always had of not talking politics. And uh, we've had quite a bit of political discussion on the site. I, I just today actually put back in the rule simply because uh, a few people were complaining. And I thought at, I thought at times we, we had enough opportunity for everybody to vent and, and give their decisions. And a lot of this is sort of, sort of related to the simple fact that the NBA shut down. And so it's been a volatile couple of weeks. And I think that uh, it was good for us to get some of that off of our, off of our minds. We have a new site that's going to be up probably by the end of the month. And uh, among many of the changes that we're making in the format of the site, as well as expanding a lot of things, uh, uh, it, I'm going to, it'll be more of a social site in the sense that we'll have, we'll have private groups where people can discuss whatever they want and without having it filter into the main thread or the main wall of the site where, where we really want to stick with basketball and primarily with Lakers oriented things. So we got a few people that are going to be beta testing a new site starting at the end of the week, including yourself. And we'll hopefully uh, have some adjustments, make sure everything is working well before we go public uh, on May 1st. So we're trying to make those changes and uh, we'll be expanding that. We're probably going to add a Lakerholics Facebook page, a Lakerholics uh, Instagram page, and a Lakerholics Twitter page. So all of those things are sort of uh, in the second phase of, of what's happening. So we're all pretty excited about that. There's a half a dozen uh, key people on the site who've been working with me on developing and laying out the new site and so forth. So uh, it's really exciting times. Uh, uh, we still have regular conversations that are going on very strongly. The Kobe Bryant Hall of Fame thing was a big subject. There's been a lot of discussion about things that are related to whether or not the league is going to resume games and how they would do that. The feelings that people have, some people uh, pretty well split down the road. Some people think that it's almost impossible that we'll be able to resume the season. And a lot of it is because of the need to isolate the players, you know, to make sure that nobody comes down with the coronavirus during whatever tournament or, or situation you have. And you, uh, I invite everybody to stop by the site let us know what you're thinking. Uh, enjoy a lot of talk about what's going on with the Lakers. Um, we've started to talk about the draft. We're starting to talk about possible trades for next year. Um, who's going to be the starting center is a big subject. Who's going to be the starting point guard next year is a big subject. Whether the team will be better and what are the reasons why there's more room for optimism on next year's team being better than this year's team even was. So it's, uh, it's the perfect place if you want to get involved in smart, intelligent conversation with a great deal of respect, regardless of what your opinion is. 
Lakerholics.net's a perfect place to go. So you entrust me on being a beta tester. Yep. I figure I got to have some guys who know how to break things, Gerald, and you fall right into that category. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'll be sure to crash the site for you a couple of times <laughs> just to make sure everything's okay. That's what we need. That's what we. That's the whole point of the beta tester. Find the windows that come up 404s. Find Fair the enough, indeed. That is Lakerholics.net. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net now. And when the new site goes up on May the 1st, Plus, also check out each and every week his insightful columns at medium.com or just follow him at LakerTom on Twitter. You can also do the same for us at LakersFastBreak on Twitter. Or if you have a question or a comment, send it to us there or LakersFastBreak at yahoo.com. And I also want to go ahead and if you can, please, 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 while you have a little bit more extra time on your hands, if you leave us that five star review, on Apple Podcasts. It helps gives us more attention to Lakers fans out there, so hopefully they'll catch our show as well. And thank you so much, as always, to the RTF Sports Network. Catch all the great sports shows that they have at rtfsportsnetwork.com. So glad to be now a part of their Wednesday night lineup, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Thank RTF Sports Network so much for being a part of their whole lineup of great sports shows. And if you have any questions, again, please reach out to us at Lakers Fast Break. My friend, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out, one last thing, real, real quick. Horse, NBA. Is NBA really going to go through with a game of horse? It'll be interesting if they can get the players interested in doing it. Obviously in separate arenas or maybe in the same arena at separate ends of the court, keeping our six-foot social distancing in place. I'm up for anything that involves anything new. I'm so tired of looking at replays. We must be getting desperate, my friend. <laughs> to me, it's all a bunch of horse <laughs> But again, so great having you as always a part of the show. Check out our shows upcoming on the NBA Draft. Not one, not two, but three great guests coming up. It's going to be Michael Visenberg. He's going to be on the show. He's going to have a great show talking in depth about the NBA draft. Also as well, I'm going to have Rafael Barlow, who was a, a sensational guest on the NBA draft. In fact, not just not only going to be one, but I'm scheduled to have two great conversations with him. So look out for that. And third, but certainly not least, we're also going to have a great interview coming up with Stone Hansen from draftside.com. So not only one, not two, not three, but four great interviews upcoming on the NBA draft. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to showing that off to everyone out there and having them listen to us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Well, my friend, it's been great talking to you as always. I still think it's a bunch of horse, but you know, we'll go from there. Well, I'll settle for the number three pick and the Lakers take mellow ball. How's that? Oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Well, all right, my friend, it's been great talking to you as always. Again, check out Laker Tom every day at Lakerholics.net. Just so great to have you a part of the show, as always, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>